0: Our device is geared to take whatever input it sees and producing consistent 120-60 cycles. And that's what a power conditioner does. And that's why you see in mission-critical facilities, all of them use power conditioner. Because they can't afford to have those processors, those chipsets go down. And now it has become so critical in our day-to-day lives that rosewater
1: becomes a critical part of a house. Welcome to episode 129 of the AFT Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Levitt. And today we have a very exciting episode. We have Joe Piccarilli and Mario Botero, and they're both co-founders, co-owners of Rosewater. And this was exciting because we really dove into what is a power plan? Why should you set a power plan for your house and your build? Why should that be an important part of the conversation early on? And especially as we look at how the grid works, the power grid, And the discrepancies that happen as we bring in power into the home and how that affects all of these appliances, these electronics that are in your home, and through the power grid that fluctuates. And really what we're doing with Rosewater is we're bringing in conditioned energy into the home. And we really dove into some specifics about power and how to think about that in the future and a lot of the benefits, including backup energy and and backup storage through batteries. An amazing conversation. So without further ado, let's get started. And just a reminder to sign up for the Contractor Coalition Summit. It's that simple. ContractorCoalitionSummit.com. Morgan and Jamie from Construction of Style, Nick Schiffer with NS Builders, and I will be hosting this. This will be in Nashville on Sunday, May 1st through Wednesday, May 4th. It'll change your business. Go sign up. We'll see you there. So welcome today to the T-Construction Podcast. I'm Brad Levitt, and we have three special guests with us today. We have Joe Piccarilli, who is co-owner and co-founder of Rosewater Energy. Welcome, Joe. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. And we also have uh, Mario Botero. So welcome, Mario. Thank you. Welcome. And we have Chris, and Mario's also (laughs) co-owner and co-founder. And then we have Chris Matthews, who's principal of Acoustic Design Group. So welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited to have you guys on. You know, this is something that we're going to be implementing in a few of our projects, you know, Rosewater. And I want to get into this and really what, you know, created the interest to start this company, right? And how valuable it is for us as a consumer. But before we get there, I think there needs to be a little bit of education for those listening, you know, to understand, you know, what are the three broad categories in a home?
0: Traditionally, the three broad categories in a home, there is the mechanical systems, there are the electrical systems, and there are the plumbing. And those have always been the traditional three disciplines of a home. They are considered the foundation of a home. And for a long time, that was perfect. But in today's world, there is a fourth category. And that fourth category is really the communication infrastructure of a home, the network of the home. That includes communication, security, entertainment, um, networking. All of that is now part of a home. And what is interesting about it is instead of being a closed sort of silo like mechanical, electrical, electrical, and plumbing, The communication and networking aspects of a house now touch all of those systems. I mean, think about it. We have faucets now where you can wave your hand over them and they turn on. Well, that requires a hookup, a a chip, a microprocessor to do that. So it is that ability, the Internet of Things, that has made this category so important in a home.
1: I love that you touched on that because this is where I've seen it evolve. I mean, when you bring out plumbing, I mean, who would have thought 20 years ago? I mean, maybe some of us, but you see, you know, just from the mirrors in the bathroom to digital showers, right? Uh, to shower heads now that have speakers integrated, Bluetooth. And as you mentioned, the faucet, and even where you can have leak detech- detection, right? And, and so, all these things, this is a concern our customers have now. And I know Chris is involved with this from his side, from the structured wiring and, and uh, the low voltage side, is it what happens if my system goes down? Everything's speaking wirelessly, right? Everything's communicating via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever it may be through the infrastructure, as you mentioned. And all these components from lighting to plumbing are now controlled, You know, security cameras and all this. And so how do we bridge that?
0: Well, and now we're touching on why Rosewater was founded. It was interesting because years and years ago, the consequences of a microprocessor failure was the digital clock and your VCR blinked, and that was it. you reset it and hope for the best. But in today's world, where we have so many chips, so many microprocessors in a house, you know, the consequences of a failure of a microprocessor could mean you never turn on, you can't turn on your lights. If your Internet goes down and you can't stream anything and you have children, you have chaos in your home. <laughs> you know, so it, it is far more consequential to lifestyle today. And one of the reasons that Mario and I began Rosewater is in the early days of home automation, and Chris will remember this, we were putting all of these really great control systems in houses, and yet we were having really dissatisfied customers because they kept needing to be rebooted or all of a sudden the chips went down, the interface blew up. And I'm an engineer by education, um, so my engineering brain took over and I'm going, what is the problem? and i actually took apart you know some of the control systems and i'm going wow these are built very well the, the quality of the equipment's quite good and for the most part you know dealers like chris are doing really good installations so what's the problem and it turned out that the problem was power voltage spikes voltage sags and i'm sitting there going why is that and without getting too crazy the nature of the grid a generator is producing power all of a sudden, a bunch of air conditioners goes, go on. It can't anticipate that, so it sags. And when those air conditioners turn off, it didn't anticipate that, so it spikes. And it is those sags and spikes that are problematic. So Mario and I wanted to design a device that regardless of what the utility is doing, the output of this device is always perfect,
1: including if the utility goes down. So let me ask you this before getting into that aspect of it. I mean, when you think about the power surges, as you mentioned, as, as you know, it can go up and down Yes. and it could vary by climate, right? You look at Arizona that, yeah, to your point in, in the middle of summer, it could be 110, 115 degrees. So that AC is running really hard and then it stops and then it gets warm really quickly and then it's kicking on. And so you're having these constant boots. In addition to that, not just the temperature and how homes are being constructed or small business offices. How does it vary maybe by zone, by climate, by, you know, the the grid capability, population size density throughout the country?
0: What a great question because it is, I live in the state of Florida and like Arizona, Florida is gaining in population like no tomorrow. Right. You can't build power plants today. Yeah. So, and what used to be these little winter cottages on the Intracoastal <laughs> in Florida that were you know, 1,500 square feet are now 25,000 square feet. You yep. know, they're permanent homes, and they're gigantic, and that's what's going on here. And Mario lives in Toronto, and uh, as Mario will point out, what is it, what is it Mario, that they, they have two feeders into Toronto as that city is going oh, vertical?
2: into the city itself, yeah. Just just two main yes. lines come in.
1: That are that are servicing the entire city of Toronto.
2: And, and yes, the and, entire city of Toronto.
1: And Toronto has gone vertical. I mean, it's
0: in the spot that might have been a two-story building. Now there's a 40-story building, you know, a residence. And it's so you're straining the grid everywhere. And then of course you add uh, renewables to the grid and it makes the grid less stable because a renewable is intermittent by its very nature.
1: And explain some of the renewables. Most of us who are in the industry understand that term, but what are some of the renewable energies that are out there?
0: Well, the, the ones people talk about the most are wind and solar. Mm-hmm. You know, And if you look at solar, Solar will produce energy. If a cloud goes by, a solar panel's output could diminish by 90%. It may be only for a few seconds or a full minute, but when you have constant demand and all of a sudden you, have, you interrupt the a supply, cloud. you know, it really creates huge problems on the grid, which is why everybody's talking about batteries and how do you back it up and then how do you make up for those momentary interruptions? And that's where rosewater comes in because none of that can pass a rosewater.
1: Yeah, and I think this is important as we dive into the rosewater, but, but still sticking to the, the grid issue, because in addition to not only population density, or, but there's also natural disasters. We saw what happened in Dallas, right? Oh, yes. Where there were some major issues to the grid, which really created some major issues. And so this is a solution where people can now essentially you know, still protect themselves if there's a surge or if there's an outage.
0: Correct. And, and you're, you're right to point out the natural disasters and the disasters that occur because the grid has not been maintained. Look at all of the problems in California. I mean, much of that has to do with the grid hasn't been maintained in a long, long time. The budgets have not been there. Um, you know, the same is true in my state in Florida. The grid is, when I moved to the state in 1974, it had 7 million people. We have 23 million people now. <laughs> it's like, wow, we're, you know, we don't, we don't have a grid for that. Uh, and, and as Chris has Chris pointed out many times, you have that same issue here in Arizona where.
3: Population growth is off the charts. California is moving here. Um, you know, Brad knows he's building houses, you know, like no tomorrow. So with that population coming in, more power demand um, problems just exacerbate. And, you know, uh, a generator isn't necessarily the answer. Um, we have the rosewater at our office, right? We can watch the software it's never a consistent 120. It's below and climbing, or it's above and decreasing. It's never, ever, it's amazing to watch. And you, until you see it, it just, it doesn't resonate on how bad the power issue is. And it's bad for everybody.
1: And I'm glad you brought this up, Chris, because I think what we need to explain is what is conditioned energy, right? And I think this is really, to spend some time on this topic to understand For those listening, yeah, you have spikes, but it's not consistent, the power that's coming into our home, right? That's functioning, uh, our Wi-Fi, our electronics, and all these things. And so, you know, it, it puts a strain on them. So what is conditioned energy?
0: Well, the best way to describe it is conditioned energy is energy that produces consistent voltage, 120 volts, consistent frequency, 60 cycles, at all times, regardless of what's feeding our device. I mean, and that means from nothing feeding it, power outage, to incredible spikes. It doesn't matter. Our device is geared to take whatever input it sees and producing consistent 120-60 cycles. And that's what a power conditioner does. And that's why you see in, in uh, mission-critical facilities, all of them use power conditioning because they can't afford to have those processors, those chipsets go down. And now it has become so critical in our day to day lives that the rosewater becomes a critical part of
1: a house. And this is what Chris was explaining that because you have rose water there in your office, instead of having these fluctuations that will happen with power, now it's a consistent, you know, as you mentioned, 120 volt, you know, 60 cycles.
3: Yeah, that's correct. And the cool thing about it, because the software's live, right? So we can log in and it's redundant and all that kind of stuff, but we'll have added, power outages that we won't even we're not even aware of because it, it might last for 10 seconds. It might last for five minutes, but because everything's connected to that rose water and then it just immediately, there's a zero transfer time. So there's no down and then back up while everything reboots. It just never loses power. So we don't even know about it, but we can go back into the device and go, oh yeah, we had we had three power outages you know, yesterday. So a desert mountain, for example, might go down or internet might go down um i mean if cox goes down there's really nothing you can do about that but you can uh, you can definitely keep your business going or your your home office going with a rosewater product because it 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 doesn't care what you know what happens when it feeds it it just keeps powering you know whatever's connected to it
1: and to understand you know from the install side without getting too technical But really, we have our service that's coming in, right? Our SES panel, we have power from the grid essentially coming in. But the way it should be installed is that now direct, that power source goes into the rosewater, and then from there, we're dispersing out throughout the house. Is that correct? Yes, we're dispersing to a panel
0: that we will define as the critical load panel. These are all the mission critical circuits and devices in the house. And that is fed from the master distribution panel to the rosewater, and then the rosewater will feed those critical panels. And that's the way it should be wired, and is wired in all of our projects.
1: And so, as it filters through, because this is a big question, we have a lot of customers now that are asking, "Hey, we want to have," and you alluded to this. You know, we need backup batteries, we need power walls, we need, you know, generation, you know, generators installed. And the reason being is now we have these natural disasters. So, Rosewater has a dual feature, if you will, that it's not just conditioning the energy that's coming into our home and monitoring that, but it's also working as, you know, a generator.
0: Correct. One, one of the things is Mario and I were starting the company and deciding what we were going to build. It really is a very complete solution. So with a rosewater, you can add solar and the solar will feed into the rosewater. It will charge the batteries. And if the batteries are fully charged, the rose, the renewable will feed the load. So it'll help mitigate your electrical expenses that way. And it is also in case of a power outage, since if the sun's shining, it'll continue to charge batteries. It means the batteries will last longer because you can run for a greater amount of time. It has a very large-scale battery system built in. So it can run in a power outage even without solar for significant amounts of time, depending obviously on draw. Uh, as we pointed out, it has, uh, it has power conditioning, and I, I'm not objective. but I I believe it is the best power conditioning available because we worked hard to make it that way. Uh, And it has the ability to protect against lightning. Uh, I live in South Florida. Lightning is a very common phenomenon in South Florida. And I wanted to figure out how we could protect homes from lightning because lightning can be destructive, extremely destructive to a house.
1: Yeah. What can lightning do for people to understand just how powerful lightning can be and with the damage it can do to a home or your electronics?
0: Oh, it, it can take... If your house takes a lightning strike and there, you have no protection, everything in your house can be destroyed. I mean, even if the frames and everything in the house are fine, everything electrical goes. Uh, and there's very little you can do about it. But I, I looked at it and, and said, you know, how does the military do it? How does... How do telcos and broadbands do it to protect their mission-critical head ends? And we took that same circuitry and built it into a Rosewater. So it is non-sacrificial, which means it can take more than one hit. It's theoretically rated at 40 strikes of 140,000 volts before oh, wow. it is sacrificed. So we really worked hard to make it the most complete solution available. It allows you the renewable integration. It is large-scale battery, but it's, it is pure power conditioning, and it really is as good as it gets
1: so with the battery backup and if there was a natural disaster and you may have solar as you mentioned to offset that right it can recharge as the sun's out but if if the system goes down uh typically size of home maybe amp size panel you know how long can that panel generate you know power for the house in rosewater in typical usage and and
0: you know everything varies right, by how many things you have you
1: have And as you mentioned, everyone's big in bigger houses now, so that's going to...
0: But typically, it will last between 18 and 36 hours, which is pretty cool. And the Rosewater device itself, as Chris was alluding to, we have this huge wizard, our computer in there, that will give you alerts. When you hit 12 hours of runtime, you get an alert, and it says you have now less than 12 hours, and it'll start ticking down hour by hour. And if you turn things off, it'll recalculate and go back up, so it'll tell you how long a runtime you have, and that way you can smartly turn things off because it's, oh God, this power outage is way longer than we thought it was going to be. And and we really try and make it so that you have reasonable runtime to take care of, well, to get you through power outages, but more importantly, to take care of every device in the house. You know, you want to shut things down. Things don't like being shut down uh, abruptly. They would prefer to be shut down properly. Right. So... You know, the roast water allows for all of that.
1: Well, I love that you shared that because, I mean, the reality is the smart device is really nice, that feature, because, you know, as as you have this countdown, you know, if you're monitoring that, there are certain, we don't need to call them life safety, but there's certain things that are important that you may want to keep on and others so that you can disregard at the time. For you, Chris, as you're installing these, you know, and, and maybe this is to the overall side of generation and battery backup, when, when you're working with clients on a larger home, are they looking... To back up the entire home, every system, or are you targeting certain main areas? Maybe it's you know uh, refrigeration, right, where food can spoil, or wine cellars, or maybe the primary bedroom to have air conditioning on in the middle of summer. I mean, are there certain things you're targeting, or are you looking at the whole picture?
3: You no, know, we're definitely looking at the whole picture. Um, In a sense, right? So, you know, the Rosewater has multiple capabilities. Most of the time, it's not built for the entire house, especially when you get into the 25,000, 30,000 square footers. Now, Joe's got, um, you know, our Rosewater in general has products that they can expand and they can certainly design that in. But as a a function, we're really going after the critical things. So you want to go after that internet. You want to go after the lighting. Um, You know, you might have a fridge on there. Mario's got... You know he's got his wine cellar uh you know connected to that so um it's it's really on a on a per you know on a per person basis and what what's a priority to them um you know whenever we hear this word generator it's it's a huge red flag (laughs) because the generator is like it's a it's a chip killer Um, when that thing fires up you you just you just pack a full punch and you send it throughout the house right but it had gone in an off state first And then all of a sudden, you know, no power generator kicks in and you have a huge inrush of energy that just floods your house. So, you know, what we try and do is design a portion of that power to, of that generator power to feed into that rose water. And then, so once again, it's going to be that, that filter that keeps all of those critical devices powered because it's still going to, it's still going to power those batteries and, and keep them going, but it's not going to allow that rush of energy to go through and then hammer, uh, you know, th- those, those
1: chipsets that are in through and throughout the house. I love that you gave that example. There's like a punch, right? It's just like a, a little Mike Tyson uppercut right there. As yeah. you know, it's that generator is kicking on and if it's not going through the rose water, you know, to cycle that and condition that it just, it, it puts a strain on the entire system. Huge strain. So what's interesting. So Mario, for you and um, and Joe here, how did you guys meet? I mean, being in Toronto and Fort Lauderdale—that's that's, that's uh, quite the distance there.
2: Well, we actually we met—I uh, don't know—it's got to be almost twenty years ago. Uh, we we had invested in a not not together, but we had we each had invested in a battery company, and that's how we got to meet each other. And over the years, uh, seeing seeing more about the industry and learning more about the industry, uh, we had a lot of things in common. You know, and uh, we we just basically decided that uh, the energy sector was a good sector for us, right? And we pursued it. And Joe's background in the high end audio stuff really was what launched it into this particular product.
1: So, so it's always interesting to hear the backstory. You know, what really because we haven't dove into what started Rosewater. I mean, you mentioned that you know there is lightning issues where you're from, and there's there wasn't really a good resource there to condition energy, but You know, that background, I mean, there has to be a knowledge and a basis here, you know, as you're working up to this.
0: Oh, I, I dropped out of a master's program in engineering in 1974 to launch a stereo company. (laughs) My parents had a heart attack when that happened, but I have been in the retail consumer electronics business for almost 50 years. And fortunately I've had a a fair amount of success. I started a, a retail company in South Florida that Eventually, I took public. I took it public in 1986, and after that, I started in the distribution business, specializing in home automation. You know, large-scale, very custom electronics for homes. The first of the flat panel TVs and all of that, and that's when I started to notice the dissatisfaction in clients. And and what was the dissatisfaction? The stuff didn't work. But, you know, it always needed rebooting. And it wasn't the stuff. It was power. It was and power. No, and nobody wanted to talk. Every, oh, it's the, what do you mean it's power? My lights turn on all the time. Well, no, that's not the telltale sign here. And how is that diagnosed, just out of curiosity? Well, you can... There are meters that you can plug into your house into your, and watch your voltage. I mean, I've, I have one in my house watching how the voltage fluctuates. And it's huge. I mean, I've had my voltage drop to 40 volts. I've seen it in California where... I won't name the utility or the area, but for 14 hours without turning off power, they were shipping out 60 volts, just destroying stuff left and right. Yeah, you know, And again, you know, in the old days, there wasn't a whole lot of consequence. Now your lighting system goes out and we have LED lights now in every house. We have LEDs with chips on every light to control color. All of those are vulnerable, and you know, everybody goes, oh, an LED bulb will last for 5,000 hours. Well, typically, currently, the typical lifespan is under 500 hours, and that's because of voltage fluctuation and too much heat.
1: See, I'm glad you brought that up because this is the same comment I get in the industry all the time, and I know from personal experience, yeah, you buy this LED light bulb that's not inexpensive by any means, that says it's going to last for 10, 20 years, and it lasts a year, and you're like, how's the light already out again? Exactly.
0: And it's voltage. It's all your voltage fluctuation. So that's, you know, that's part of it. And, and you know, as Chris pointed out, everybody wants whole house. Now, because I have a partner who's very patient. So at Mario's house, we, are, we have his entire house on one rosewater. And Mario's instruction is to treat it horribly, just really. And surprisingly, as Mario will tell you, because he's monitoring every day, it, it's, it performs. You can put a lot of stuff on a rose water. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, induction oven I have, uh, wine, my wine cooler, uh, he, baseboard heaters and for, for the basement, some rooms. So there's a lot of draw, a lot of draw, and it it's, works like a charm. We,
0: we really wanted to prove that, it, you know, we talk about our redundancy and the engineering and quality of our stuff. Mario's use of it is proof. I mean, he is really beating the daylights out of it. And it's functioning perfectly. I, I also want to touch on something else, and this may interest you. We were talking about it uh, off air before. Now the question for somebody building a house or remodeling a house, the question that should be asked is, what is their power plan for this house? And that's a question that's rarely asked except for people like Chris who will ask that question. Because you have to look at your house and say, okay, If I'm creating a real power plan, there are critical infrastructure pieces that have to have maximum protection. Then there are the next level that are semi-critical, and they may work with a generator or large-scale renewable. And then there's the third phase that if power goes out, you just don't care. But if you don't have that power plan from the beginning, you will not be a happy owner. And it is imperative to do business with people like Chris who will ask the question and not only that, have the answers to the question. Because it's not about, oh, I'm going to sell you 10 waters for one house. It's how do we create an intelligent design for a house, you know, so that there is client satisfaction because that's where all the value is. Uh, as a builder, you want clients who are happy. And, uh, you know, I, I will tell you, we have builders who are out there now who just won't build a house without a Rosewater because the client satisfaction is through the roof with it.
1: Well, when you think about warranty service calls, you know, as systems going down, that's uh, th- there's nothing worse than Super Bowl Sunday. You get a phone call. My TV's not working right. And everyone's here. I mean, that's crisis one on one. But I'm glad you brought this up because this is something in our industry. And one thing we try to do as a builder is we try to get involved very early with the client, right? We try to get involved with the architect and the designer on day one. And what's funny about the structure, wiring and low voltage aspect, it's almost like landscape in a way. It's so, it's one of those line items that gets pushed to the very end. Like no one thinks about it, you know, even not to, th- we work with some great architects and so not to throw them on the bus. It's just, you know, they're looking at the structure on the house and you know, that cost. And what's often overlooked is that structured wiring low voltage line item, right? And as you're thinking about that design, you know, we try to integrate, you know, whether it be Chris or whoever we're working with early, to your point, so that we can come up with a game plan to understand, do we have Lutron or Ketra lighting, right? Do we have Rosewater installed? You know, and these are elements that now we can create this plan and have an appropriate budget so clients understand and, and, and the reason I think this is so important, especially through COVID, what I've seen is clients now, you know, we have Delos, we have these other products where they're looking at air filtration and water filtration, right? And as you mentioned, with surges in power, you know, the security is a big part of this and making sure that they have, you know, cameras that are up and running. And so that's why this conversation has happened so early.
3: You know you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Joe, actually, when we were off there earlier, was talking about, he's starting to see in Florida where rose waters are, they're actually on the electrical plant, right? So Amazing. it's, it's a forethought it's planned. And, and that's really what you need. And to your point, you brought up, if you're not brought into this conversation early on, And, you know, the thing that gets cut is like, oh, we don't need that TV in that room or we don't need to wire that stuff. Well, that wiring topography that goes into your home is extremely critical. And the type of wire, the gauge of wire, uh, the quality of the wire, everything that you're putting in there. So it it, it needs to be at the forefront of the conversation. And additionally, like lighting gets pushed, right? Joe touched on it earlier and you brought up Lutron, you brought up Ketra. All these very high-dollar, sophisticated products that do um, some really critical things uh, that people want, and there's a demand for it in their homes. But you've got to be able to protect that. It's a huge investment when you're putting in a Ketra product in your home. You want to get the 20-year life cycle out of that thing, or you know whatever the number yeah, is. Yeah, those are
1: much more <laughs> expensive than the ones from a big box store.
3: Absolutely, and they they do a lot more. But the chipsets in them are unreal. So. What you get out of that product is amazing, but you've also got to protect that product.
1: So going back to just the rosewater side, you know, and, and it's important, I, I guess we'll go down this road, Joe. So help me understand, you know, if you already have architects specking this product, I mean, without pounding the pavement, I mean, how have you got to this success point where you've educated the public in your area or at least the architects and the, you know, the professionals to understand the value here of that system?
0: Oh, I would love to say it was easy, (laughs) but you know, we, we started the company in 2012 and what I thought would be a simple engineering problem. I couldn't have been more incorrect. Um, it took us four years to get the product going. And when we first started, so
1: from 2012 to
0: 16, 16 was when when we shipped our first product and, you know, Mario and I have are, are philosophically in line. We, when we're doing something, we're going to do it right. That's just the way, who we are it's just and we knew that this was an uphill battle. I mean it was you know everything was rifled. we found you know my first dealer was in Boca Raton who I, I knew and he sold and then I have a, a friend in California who's a dealer and he started Chris came on early on, but it was we had calculated the company and the financing of the company so that we could do this at very low volumes. You know, fortunately both Mario and I have had reasonable successes prior to Rosewater so we could fund it and just very carefully build it, you know, and and you always get the, oh, you know, if you could make it cheaper, you could sell more. (laughs) And, And Mario and I look at each other and go, not a chance because our goal is to be the best product and the best product costs money. And, and it was that uncompromising stubbornness and the willingness to say, okay, this is going to take five years. This is going to take eight years. And you know, and as you know, when you start to build a culture, it, it starts to get ingrained and then people start to hear about it. You know, the, the, I was telling you about the builder who won't build a house without one. Well, he's in Orange County and we solved a problem. Our dealer there, One of the early dealers, like Chris, had saw a problem in this house that the builder brought him in on, and he called called us, and we solved the problem. And the builder's going, "Wow, that's pretty cool." I don't get calls from them anymore. The value
1: proposition, right?
0: Yeah, and then you know we did it. He put it in another house, and then another house, and then another house, and now it's just like, you want me to build a house, not without one of these. (laughs) So it's been an uphill battle, and as we achieve more and more critical mass, it. It accelerates. And now it's it's going into being a pretty cool company.
1: For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify, and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects. Because of that organization, especially at pre-construction, and Builder Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops, you know, to help us use their software effectively. They also have the podcast, the Building Code. To learn more, head to BuilderTrend.com backslash aft to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Builder Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they're not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends and i speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships right Relationships with our customers with our vendors with our suppliers because at the end of the day i'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to to take it from the ground up all the way to completion and if we didn't have partners such as pella there's no way we'd be who we are today over the years we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their their company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So, for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So, if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. So, what are some things that you and Mario didn't realize going into it, maybe from the manufacturer engineering side, just to create a product that's new to the market, unique? you know the the cost involved the the stress involved and making sure you know the qc you know making sure that everything's working as it should distribution you know supply chain all those fun things we're dealing with
0: Mario do you want me to start with that <laughs> it's a long list
2: yeah i think i think one of the things we ended up learning was you really need to deal with companies and engineers that really understand your problem. And I think a lot of the guys at the beginning didn't understand what the actual problem was. So they tried to create something, but it didn't actually do what we needed it to do. And we switched to like, I think we did use three different engineering companies, uh, two different manufacturers, until we finally came across the company that we use now. And, and, but they got it. Like they understood our problem. They understood what, what we were trying to achieve with our solution. And, and that was a big difference. Uh, you know, I mean, I think our, our vetting process s- since that has changed, you know, whereas before we may have, you know, jumped a little bit quicker at something. Now we take, a li- now we take our time more and really sort of sift through it and, and make sure that, that it's the right answer for us.
1: It's funny how that comes over time though. I mean, you think about that. I relate that to my business that it takes a little season time to understand how to vet a client, you know, how to understand your ideal client. And it's no different from your side, you know, from the manufacturer side, you know, understand the partners you're working with to really understand the goal that you're trying to achieve and the product you're trying to bring to market, that it aligns and you're really solving the issue and getting them on board.
0: It was quite the experience. I will say, as, as Mario talked about, we had manufacturers that we looked at that product and go, thank God, we never got one of those built that we bought because they were (laughs) terrible because they just didn't get it. And, and. You know, we were talking about power quality all the time, and people, especially 10 years ago, were not talking about it. And people were just like, well, you guys have three heads. And when, <laughs> out, out of, you know, sheer perseverance on our part, we we ended up, our, our current manufacturer, prior to us, never manufactured anything for the residential or light commercial industry. They worked for the military and broadbands and telcos. And when we found them and talked to them, and fortunately, the president of the company was enamored with our idea because they'd never done anything like it. And he's gone, okay, I'm going to take a risk with you guys. I will build a product to your spec. And part of that, and, and Mario and I always look at it the same way, when, things, when, when most people would get punched in the gut and fold, say, okay, I'm throwing in the towel, that's not us. We, we're going to, we're going to find a solution and we have been fortunate enough to be able to weather lots of gut punches, but.
1: Oh, I'd, I'd imagine that there had been so many. I mean, was there ever a time that you two looked at each other and thought, oh, I don't know if this is going to work out.
0: We may have thought it, but we wouldn't voice it to each other because
1: <laughs> we're, we're,
0: we're our biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. So, and both of us are too bullheaded to quit. So
1: That's a true entrepreneur, right? <laughs> well, we,
2: we knew, we knew the product that we were developing had a real, had a real purpose. So it just was a matter of time. And because we are self-funded, like the Rosewater Energy is is we self-funded. We don't have investors. We don't have people to answer to. If it takes an extra year, an extra two years, an extra three years, that's okay. You know, we're we're good. Right. So we were able to just take our time and do it right. You know, and it and it took a long time because like Joe said at the beginning, everyone would come up because Joe knows everybody in that industry. And everyone would be like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome, great!" Uh, then you'd see them turn around and do a roll eye, like, "Holy cow, <laughs> what is this thing?" Right? But it took that. It took those three or four years of going to the shows, going to the shows, going to the shows, until that people started finally saying, "You know what? I think I actually have a job for like a, a house for this." You know, and that started, and, and we see it ramping up now. And now we're actually, I'm not going to say exponentially growing, but our sales are are are, steady are getting much better in you know, terms of consistency and, and numbers.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because I, there, there's not enough discussion about this. I mean, you brought this up, Joe, that when, when you started this process, you looked like you had three heads, right? People give this look. And then you fast forwarded now to how, how active technology is in the home, right? And devices, that everything is on those devices. And still the lack of education of us earlier in the conversation talking about all the population density and growth in these cities And the strain is put on the grid and most of us have no idea, you know, the fluctuation that's happening behind the scenes.
0: That is true. The misinformation out there and the lack of knowledge is incredible. You know, as Chris was pointing out earlier, the first question everybody has is, oh yeah, I want to back up everything in my house. In order to really do that, you're going to need a building for all those batteries. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Let's talk about a plan. But people are just, and and with good reason. Uh, I mean, who spends their spare time studying batteries? <laughs> you know, yeah. Or yeah. testing their voltage, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. fluctuation. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, just those of us with propellers
1: coming out of our heads do we do that? But that's why these conversations are fascinating me. They're really important because I we are fortunate. You know, we live here and there are some uh you know, we all have some things that are natural, right? We turn the water, it comes on, right? We plug in our TV, there's power there, but we don't understand where that's coming from, right? So but but getting into the distribution side, this is interesting to me, is that how how has that evolved from the client and distributor education? When you look at distributors, I would imagine there's a qualification, right, of partners you're going to work with and brands. You know, how have you built those channels to get out there to meet, you know, distributors such as Chris and get them engaged and involved to be, you know, a, a value proposition for you?
0: That's a great question because for us, you know, we learned a vetting process early. I, because I've been in this industry a long time, I know a lot of people so i'm finding when you find dealers and distributors who have a certain commitment to types of lines who are interested in pushing the technological envelope and who understand a holistic approach that go beyond you know there are guys who put in home theater systems and that's all they do but guys who understand networks and the entire system of the house you know a guy like Chris and Chris's company, they are looking at a holistic approach to a house. They really understand that it is this communication infrastructure that is the fourth pillar. And, and, and from my point of view, it is the absolute foundation because as we talked about earlier, mechanical, electrical, and plumbing are now all microprocessor infused, chip infused. So it is, we look for guys who really understand the holistic view of a house. What what are those critical pieces that
1: ensure client satisfaction?
0: And unfortunately, they are few and far between.
1: And, and if I interrupt you, what's interesting about that, we have a running joke a lot of as general contractors and other people that there are so many low-voltage companies out there, right? There are so many that are out there that are active that are seeking business, right? And so it's really, I would imagine you've had to really perfect that vetting process to make sure they're the right ones you're partnering with.
0: Yes, and, and we work hard to make sure that the guys, because we can tell now, Mario and I right, right away can tell just by the questions they ask us. You know, you know, And it, it's just, okay, you're really not ready to present a rosewater product to anybody because you you're just don't view the house that way. And that, That's, it really comes down to that. It's the conversation. It was interesting, you know, when Chris first heard of Rosewater, his, he saw us at, I forgot which was the first show, one of the Aussie, or the HGSA show. I
3: think it was in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: he had a series of questions that were clearly, oh no, he understands what this means. Because they're way more than just low voltage guys these days. (laughs) You know, that's, that's, you made a great point before. The low voltage guy is the last guy on the totem pole. He, and unfortunately, it's last in first out. Yeah. You know? so, and, and Chris understands that, and his company understands that, no, 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 no. Do, we do low voltage, but that's not what we do. You know, we use low voltage to make your lifestyle better. You mentioned a company like Delos. And think about all of the sensors and all of the processors involved for the wellness home. I mean, without a Rosewater, that's crazy. Because you you're never not protecting want your investment exactly, and it is the understanding the dealers who understand that that's the future and that's what we look for, and and when we find them, they you know they become they understand that this is you've got to have this piece. It's foundational.
1: Yeah, and I, I look at the value solution for me is that you know it's one thing when you're building a home, it's one thing is you may have a punch list and maybe paint touch up or you may have. Uh, you know, drywall punch or wh- whatever it may be. But what really aggravates the customer is when their stuff doesn't work, right? When, when their lighting's not working, their TV's not working, their internet's not working. You know, as these things are not either programmed correctly or they're not user-friendly, no matter how complicated the system is, you know, that's really what leaves a lasting impression for us, you know? And as you mentioned, our low-voltage partners are typically the last one in the conversation at the beginning but they're always the last one in the house as we're closing as a program in the house. So for for you, Chris, I mean, how's that, you know, how has Rosewater been a good partner for you just working through, you know, those calls, you know, that get you after hours or weekends?
3: Yeah. I would say, you know, we talked about the vetting process, you know, and from there's also a vetting process on our side because there's multiple storage companies out there and that's not what Rosewater is. Right. i'm
1: glad you made that
3: differentiation there
1: 100
3: right so you can get um, you know there's certain car manufacturers that also manufacture batteries Um, and it's just storage and that's all it does and it doesn't do it very well uh, to be perfectly honest so it and it doesn't really solve a problem you know that's the other thing whereas you know with the rosewater um, like I said, we we have it in our office and we use it every day. So does that mean that I stare at a graph and watch how much power doesn't come into my office? No, absolutely not. But when we're doing a presentation, do we show it up there until they can understand that, you know, wow, this is it's a real thing? Um, absolutely we do. So for us, it, it was about solving a problem. Um, and a battery storage company doesn't solve a problem.
2: Yeah, it's true. I mean, a lot of times people will ask, so who's your competition? And I say like, technically nobody, because no one offers, no one does what we do, you know, but the perception is Tesla. And so some of the other companies are compete, are competition to us. Yes, potentially because the homeowner may say, I want a Tesla but not because it does what ours does. So, you know, our product is, is very specific in terms of actually solving your problem.
1: And I think that's a really good point because it's not just generation backup, as you mentioned, it's not just backup power. I mean, this is clean conditioned energy, which is a big difference. And that's not happening with some of the other competitors And
2: it's zero transfer time as well. So if you do have an outage event, everything's on, no problem.
1: There's yeah. no issues there, right? Don't so even you, know what happened. Exactly. So what are the biggest obstacles then that you're dealing with right now? I,
0: I think we've touched on some of them, the lack of education, and people don't realize the effects of sags and surges until they actually happen. There is, on a, a more tongue-in-cheek, people with rose waters forget that they have them.
1: <laughs>
0: because nothing happens. And it, it, it's funny, we have a client who, they had this... Uh, house in Florida where there were three buildings on the property and the main building was covered by a rosewater and they were working on the two other outbuildings. And the electrician on a Friday had turned off the power early in the morning and forgot to turn it back on at the end of the day because he was working. And I get a call on a Monday saying, your product is making an audible alarm. And I'm going well, the only way it can make an audible alarm is the batteries are now critically low and your power hasn't been on for a long time. Well, we would have noticed. I said, no, (laughs) you wouldn't have noticed. That's the point. And they're going, you can't be right. You know, I said, okay, this was the property manager. I said, okay, no offense, but here you've got a cell phone in your hand. Go out to the main power switch and turn it on. And he's gone. It is on. I'm going, no, just... Humor me, and of course, sheepishly he gets back because I hear this big clunk right. and he's going, sorry, <laughs> but that that's one of the obstacles it is really people don't they forget that they have it it's it's that good and that's exactly what it's supposed to do
1: so for the for the normal consumer, you mentioned this earlier in the conversation, you said, you know that as power goes out, right, and we have rosewater now backing it up, and you know there's there's no loss in transmission, but as you know, as, as we're using devices, right, that it's going to start to, you know, using that capacity, mm-hmm. right? And so how is the customer notified? Is this to an app? Is it through a notification on their phone? Is there a sensor?
0: Currently, the customer is notified with immediate email. We are working on a phone app. Um, but I think the real answer, and we're working now with some of the carriers that will convert email to text. So rather than just sending an email, it'll convert it to text and send it as a text. And I guess all of the major carriers now offer that. So that way you'll just look at your phone and, and what is it going to tell you? Oh, your power's out, but everything's okay. You know, Your runtime is fine. You have 12 hours or you, know, you have more than 12 hours. And then when you start counting down and that'll all come as text. Now, those are not the only things that a Rosewater will communicate, but those are the things that are client-facing. Some of the other things in the background that people don't see is our device monitors all the components that are in it. So if part of the, if one of the engineering team members sees an inverter's out of spec, everything in our device is hot swappable. So we'll look at that and we'll just send out a new one and replace it. Why wait for it to fail? Because you know it's on a path to failure. Now, we don't get many failures, thank goodness, but that's the kind of monitoring we do that the client never sees because it'll scare the client. It, so this energy. is fascinating.
1: So if I understand this correctly, there is, on the back end side, Rosewater is monitoring the structure of the, of the, the panel itself, of your product. Yes. And so as one of these you know, items is failing, potentially, or not failing, but I should say maybe on the precipice of needing to be serviced, you're already ahead of that and servicing that. And how does that work, that distribution channel to make sure that that product's delivered and installed? Do you have your own techs to do that? Are you working through a dealer such as Chris?
0: What we do is we work through a dealer with Chris, but it is our team. We deliver the product to site, right? And one of our guys is there with one of Chris's guys. And my guy does the commission. He assembles the product on site, makes sure it's communicating, tests it and then once we sign off on it it's done we actually the only thing we cannot do because we can't pull a permit in every municipality in the country we need an electrician to do the hookup but we don't allow the hookup unless we're watching you know no offense to the electrical trade but the amount of it should be you know the uh Competence of electricians is a gigantic sine wave. There are people who are extremely good and then there are people that really can't strip a wire yeah. properly.
2: We, we yeah. wanted to make sure as well that that the whole process fell on our shoulders. So if there was a problem, y- you only need to make one call. Yes. And it's not you calling us and, us and us saying, oh, it wasn't us, it was the other guy, <laughs> and it was the other guy. Yeah. So it's just, if there's a problem with that unit, you make one phone call and we deal with it. And you mentioned before too, the... Um, the components, so like the the inverters, uh, we have eight inverters within our unit. They're all hot swappable. So if there was a problem coming up and it said, okay, you know, inverter number three is, you know, there's a problem with it. We would send it out to site. So at that point, Chris could just go in, pull the bad one out, put the good one in, and there you go. Same thing with the batteries. You can each, we have three three lines of batteries. You can shut one of them off. If there was a problem with one of the batteries, we detected something, and you can, in essence, hot swap it on site as well. So the the repair part, or the replacement part, is hot swappable. So,
1: And that's amazing. I mean, that feature itself to have a hot swap, where you're not shutting down the system, and you have no transition at all.
0: None at all. And in the case of the inverter, they're, they're redundant. So if, if one of those modules fails, we don't even lose capacity. So the unit just keeps functioning and we just pull it out, put a new one in and say, see you later. And it's fine.
1: it's incredible. It, you
0: know, and, and I, I don't want to put words in Chris's mouth, but if you have a problem and you end up calling Chris and Chris doesn't see it on his, because he can monitor from his store or he is, has an issue. He knows how to get hold of us without, and and I I think you would say we're pretty good at answering the phone and getting right on it. Uh, that's because the clients really belong to Chris and they belong to you. But when you need Rosewater's help, we're there. I mean, that's, when we say simply the best, we mean it on all aspects. And, and again, I'm not objective and I continue to admit <laughs> to that, but we try really, really hard to respond
1: immediately. So in addition to Rosewater, how active are you in the data, like in, in managing the Rosewater from, from your installation side?
3: We just get reports. You know, so if there is an issue, uh, once again, it's, it's one of those things where Joe mentioned, it disappears, right? And then you want it to disappear because then you know it's doing its job. We'll get occasional reports, uh, you know, like if it's ours is in our warehouse. So when it gets to be 115 or 120, um, it does not need to live in a conditioned space. But, you know, in the summertime on certain days, it gets pretty warm back there. We'll get a notice, you know, hey, I'm hot. You know, and we say delete, and then, you know, we don't even think about it. But, you know, so we, like I said, on a daily basis, we do not monitor it at all. Um, we use the software to demonstrate the clients what reality is in the electrical grid. Um, and then sometimes it's just cool to look at.
1: You know that I mean that's I've seen it it's it's amazing <laughs> it's an amazing machine <laughs> it is,
3: yeah, and the software on it is uh, is outstanding, but the best part of it is is you don't have to do anything. it's self sufficient, and yet it solves a problem,
1: yeah, I mean we have some as chris mentioned that will be coming up in a few of our projects, and I've been to his office in the back and seen it. you know for most customers you know that are listening or contractors are listening or even architects for that matter, where should this be placed in the home? How much space do they need as well?
0: Well, typically it goes in a garage or a mechanical room. It cannot be outdoors. Um, it doesn't like rain very yeah. much.
1: doesn't like rain. I'm sure you don't want sun exposure either. <laughs> well,
0: right. And, you know, so if it, and it's, a, it's gotta be a space where we can, where air is moving. We don't need it to be conditioned air. We just need air to be moving. Um, I know in, in Chris's case, the one in the warehouse, because I see the alerts, and once a summer, I get an alert that says, okay, I'm plus 130. <laughs> you know, can you pay some attention here? <laughs> you know? But it still functions. Yeah. It's just we're plus 130 now, yeah. pay some attention. But it, that's really all we need. And, and it, in terms of spacing, we need at least six inches on the back and on either side. And that's just for circulating air because more than 90% of the unit is, is uh, serviceable from the front. So from the front, we need a few feet you know, just so we can get in the unit. And if we need to replace something, we have room to work. And that's really it. We do need, generally, we place it on concrete. The, the device does weigh 2,400 pounds. So it's usually on a slab. And, and, you know, we bolt it to the ground. And once it's in, it's in. It's really, it's really pretty, pretty easy, and it is self-sufficient.
1: How difficult is the installation process of it?
0: We budget t- two days. We're generally done in a day or a day and a half. Usually we can, if, depending on how early my crews can get in, you know, and these days it's a little more challenging with freight companies. Right. Because usually you used to be able to say, can you be here at 8 o'clock? And yeah. And they could be there at 8. Now, Yeah, really? Which day were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean 8 at night? <laughs> but you know, if we could get there first thing in the morning, we could have it done before the day's out. But we budget because of Murphy's Law, we budget my guys to be there into the next day because it's got to be right. I just, it has to be right.
1: And at what stage of construction are you typically going in at the very end once we're programming all the systems, or do you prefer to go in earlier?
0: We can do it either way. We prefer, we will not commission until the end. But in many cases, if the floor and the mechanical room and the garage is done and the pathway to these places when the house has finishes, uh, becomes a little risky we will put it in ahead of time wrap it not commission it just put the infrastructure the frame in there not put inverters or batteries in wrap it up and then when the house is done all we have to do is bring in the inverters and batteries and that makes everybody's life a lot easier we have done it we have moving crews who are comparable to piano movers
1: who, yeah 2400 pounds is yeah. not light.
0: <laughs> it's not so we can you know we can do amazing things but if you're doing a big house and you're going to have all these impressive finishes, just, if you can, just put the structure in early, let us wrap it up, and we'll be back to commission it when you're ready. Uh, so we, we can do, we're flexible is what I'm trying to say, but that's, that's the most efficient way of doing it is. Let us come in twice,
2: and it does. It does come in parts. In the set, like the batteries aren't installed and the inverters aren't installed. So the cabinet itself, without those items, is probably about seven or eight hundred pounds. Yeah. So it is a lot. It's a lot easier to move than twenty four hundred pounds,
1: which is a good point. And then when you come in a commission it and fire it up and get it ready, that's when you're putting in the inverters and the batteries.
2: And, and again, remember, we do all of that. Yeah. We do the delivery, which is what I've up on that you're yeah. doing
1: everything hundred percent.
2: So because when you asked, you said how difficult? Well, for
0: yeah. you, it's
1: zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Just one phone. Cool. yeah
0: but it is you know because the actual frame of it you know it's 84 inches tall yeah and it's two but it's one and a half by two and a half so it's a lot to get down hallways and stairs and we've we've done some amazing things that's why early is better because it's a
1: big access piece. is always better it makes yes. your life and our life a little bit easier yeah so what you know looking back now here we are 10 years later from you know conception the idea of 2012 to now you know, what are some of the big successes you've had that maybe you didn't realize or maybe looking back now just as, you know, working through this idea and now seeing it come to fruition and seeing the change you're making in the industry?
0: I think for me, the, the things I really am proud of is what, what our clients say. The, the people who own them uh, absolutely love them. They end up, if they own multiple homes, they usually put them in every home they own. We have a, a property manager who, he manages 42 homes. And he's going, no, Joe, every time there's a remodel budget, the Rosewater goes in first. <laughs> and, and, and I asked him, and he, and he said, look, all these homes are highly automated. And my clients never tell me, they give me two days notice, and they want all the automation to be working. They want everything to be working. And I've got crews in panic mode trying to go all over the country. And in a Rosewater house, everything always works. So he doesn't have to worry about it. And and that makes us feel good because that's what we wanted. It's, you know, the builder I talked about in California, the fact that he would go, nope, I'm not building unless you put this in. That's a big win. You know, that just proves for us that that proves our concept. You know, you're a builder. You're putting them in. And part of it is you understand the infrastructure. You understand that, you know, Client satisfaction, not getting those ugly phone calls on Super Bowl Sunday, it's worth a lot.
1: It is worth a lot. And to that point, and Chris made this comment earlier, you know, some of the systems we're putting in now are extremely complicated and they're very expensive, right? And to protect that investment of our clients and ourselves who, you know, we're, you know, our reputation and names on the line and then they're, you know, what they're spending and investing. I mean, these these are big dollars and there's a lot of value to have, you know, all of that protected. So what's coming? What's upcoming and exciting for you guys?
3: Well, that's actually a great question too, because we're in the process of you know we have our Delos suite, and so uh, we're just starting the permit process, and we're going to put solar up on the roof. So that entire Delos suite is now going to be self-sustainable uh, through the solar, obviously through the rose water, and then back into the suite. So we'll be able to demonstrate, uh, you know, the capabilities, obviously, of Rosewater along with the, the solar. But just in a healthy uh, living lifestyle, uh, you know, really to be off the grid, uh, you know, running the AC, running, uh, you know, the heat and depending on time of year, uh, there's a live wall in there. So it, for us, it's that next progression of demonstrating, you know, what what is capable. And we're, we're really excited about it.
1: It's funny you bring that up because, you know, on our side, especially not just pandemic related, but we've seen here in Arizona, we've had a huge demand and people asking, you know, ICF, which we build up, you know, insulated concrete form. And that's where, you know, it prevents a lot of the dust and debris. You know, we have bad air a lot of times here in Phoenix and we have those mornings and the monsoons come in and these massive dust storms. And so, you know, air filtration, then have the rosewater energy backing it up. I mean, these are things that are super valuable to our customer base. And Mario, how about for you and Joe.
2: Well, we're, we're excited because we're expanding our product line right now as well. We're working on a couple of new things to add uh, to increase our offering. Uh, so that's always exciting for us.
1: Anything you can announce?
0: If, we yeah, are, we, we are in the process of building a unit with double the capacity. So because we do, as Mario pointed out earlier, we have lots of clients who put multiples in a house. And they would like to protect more things. And then there are people who just don't have the space for multiples. Right. So without making a much bigger device, we're going to double its capacity, both from an inverter side and uh, and battery backup times. So that's pretty exciting. And it, we're doing it, doing a couple of unique things to that one. Um, we've only had that in engineering for almost two years now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it is, that's pretty exciting for us. Uh, And after that, we have some ideas centered around DC, you know, and there is that that upcoming trend to moving things all towards DC. And, And we have some product ideas that probably five years out, but are kind of interesting.
1: Oh, that's very exciting.
0: Yes. So those I can't talk about, but. Those are kind of cool.
1: Well, we'll stay tuned for that. So what do you guys enjoy to do for fun outside of, you know, the engineering side and, you know, everything we discussed today, what, what keeps your attention outside of business?
0: Well, I am an avid tennis player, so I play, and I, living in Florida, I get to play a lot of tennis, so I do that. And, uh, you know, both Mario and I are huge foodies and if you're ever out to dinner with us, you would understand that <laughs> Rosewater dinners are famous and Mario's terrific at, at You go to dinner with Mario, you just let Mario order, because both of us really (laughs) like food.
1: Well, Toronto's a great food city, so. It sure is. (laughs) A lot of good cuisine (laughs) there.
0: It sure is. And then, uh, you know, I I like to read. I'm I'm a crazy reader, of all things.
3: So. Well, don't don't pass on. You're an audiophile, right? You've been yeah. into music for forever, right? I mean, we we had to drag him away from the Focal Utopias, <laughs> the Grand Utopias, in there, just to come. He's he don't want. you like, How about this track? How about this track? He's a huge audiophile, so he was really enjoying the product we had at the showroom. Yeah, that that is the truth.
0: I have when I was in undergraduate school, the university of Michigan made the mistake of writing the scholarship check to me. <laughs> and I took it to the local audio store, figuring I can always pay del- delay paying tuition. <laughs> so I bought, my- bought a stereo with it.
1: Like a true college student. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> but I've been doing it. It's a long time. <laughs> we can all relate. We've all
1: been there at that age, you know?
0: Yes, but I haven't changed. That's the problem. I'm still there. And, and, I literally, they had to remind me, you know, we have a podcast to do in a little bit because I would still be in that room playing cuts of music because those <laughs> speakers are awfully good.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing showroom they have over there. So what about you, Mario, outside of the the foodie side? Uh, same. You know what? Uh, I,
2: I like to get to the gyms, you know, uh, as much as I can. And uh, I, our main business in Toronto, we develop real estate. So that keeps us busy, you know, so the market's been strong. It's been good. And uh you know, so I, I like it. I enjoy collecting wine and and eating. So, you know, those those are my two
1: favorite. Very things, good things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And what about you, Chris? Uh, I'm in kid phase
3: right now. I mean, I love to fly, right? So if I had to say, you know, pick one, um, you know, I have a small piston plane and take the fam. Go to SoCal or Tahoe or whatever. Uh, but right now I got two teenagers that play club softball and I would say five out of six, five out of seven nights of the week. That's, I'm at I'm either freezing or sweating. You know, one of the two, depending on time of year. Just uh, just watching them, uh, you know, grow and have fun, and that that occupies a lot of my time, but it's uh, it's well
1: worth it. Yeah, you're definitely in the thick of it. I can relate to you right now, Chris. But, you know, so I really appreciate. I mean, Joe Mar, Mario, you guys came in from Florida and Toronto. Chris, you're here local. You guys made the effort, and really appreciate coming and sharing about Rosewater today. And we're going to have all this information up on the links and, you know, our press release that we do and just super valuable. And for all those listening, make sure to check them out. There's some great information. So thank you guys. Thank you for having thank us. It's thank,
0: thank you very much. Really enjoyed it.
1: So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, They're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.